This morning we're in Psalms 103, verse 12. If you want to turn in your Bibles, you may do so. I have it up on the screen, but I just want to encourage you guys to participate today and uh, see what God has in store for your, your life. Psalms 103.12 says, He has removed our sins as far as, from us as the east is from the west. This past week as I was teaching in uh, my homeroom, we were talking and I actually used this verse in our devotionals and I was trying to explain to the sixth graders who are at the Christian school where I work about how far sin can be taken from our lives from the east into the west. And they kind of looked at me and I've got this huge map on my wall. And I walked over and I said, this is the east. And I said, this is the west. And I said, in actuality, have you guys ever heard of uh, Buzz Lightyear? You ever heard what he says, to infinity and? All right, you have. When Jesus takes our sins, he takes it to infinity and beyond, and we never hear from it again. He throws it away and casts it away from us. If you have your paper, there's one side that you would like for you to turn to. It's, it's the very short side. It's a two-sided worksheet. Yes, I'm teaching to you today. But if you want to turn to it, it talks about uh, the word Hebrew, which is a uh, Hebrew word, which is Pesha. So Pesha actually means to trespass or transgressions or sin. And sin that breaks trust in a relationships. Sins that break trust in a relationships is Pesha. It's also a strong word for sin. And sometimes we have to understand that when we trespass, when we sin, we're disobeying the Lord. And it's something that we don't want to hold on to. And as we move on, we can look at the words iniquity, transgressions, and sins. And so iniquity is a premeditated, premeditated choice. We hear often of the premeditated people, and I'm not going to say this word, but people who have premeditated thoughts to do something evil in the world. They were premeditated in what they wanted to do. And we humans are premeditated in the things that we desire to do and how we're going to do them. Premeditated means we're planning for this to take place. Then we have the word transgressions, which is a presumptuous sin to choose to, to intentionally disobey. How many of you have ever intentionally disobeyed your boss, your parents, your teachers? I think we all have. Paul, thank you for your help. <laughs> But then also we have that one particular word that we all are familiar with. It's a little three-letter word. It's called sin. And that really means to miss the mark, doing something against God or against a person, doing the opposite of what is right. And as we know what it says in Romans 3.23, fall short of the glory of God. That's what sin is. And we all do that continually. If you want to turn over your paper to the other side, we're going to really get into uh, what we're going to be talking about today. But we're also going to look at Proverbs 10, 12. And what Proverbs 10, 12 says. It says, hatred stirs up conflict, but love, not lover, but love, that's a typo on my part, <laughs> but love covers all wrongs. And Jesus is the lover of all humanity. And he does cover our sins with love. The question is, is are we going to let him do that? Here's a thought for you guys. As we talk about the word hate, and hate is a very strong word, 
in the classroom where I teach, if kids go, I hate, I go, oh no, don't use that word. I don't want to hear that word. You can say you strongly dislike or you don't care for, but don't say the word hate because hate is so strong. When we see conflict that takes place, we see things that are not good. Conflict is constantly taking place in the world today. There's conflicts in churches. There's conflicts in jobs. There's conflict as you drive down the road. And I think you all know what I'm talking about. If you're driving down the road and somebody pulls in front of you, that little bit of road rage just starts to come out. And if you're not really paying attention, you might do something you might regret, especially if you have a Z88.3 sticker on the back or an Ixus on the back or there's something that says Jesus loves you and you just put that all particular hand gesture up because you are just not happy. And then what could occur from that? Then you're going to have a, a person who's behind you because they pulled out in front of you. Now they're behind you and they might just chase you down. And then conflict continues. And so there's hatred that takes place. But here's what we really can do, and I like what it says, but love covers all wrongs. The love that Jesus Christ has for us will protect us and can protect others. And what I mean by that is the love that we have if somebody does something wrong for, to us can just be covered. Have you guys ever heard of the word atonement? Blood covering. When Jesus died on the cross, his blood not only came out of his hands and his feet, but from the, the crown of thorns that was placed on his head. But also, don't forget, right before they came to him, they broke the legs of the other sinners on his left and his right. But when they came to him, they didn't break his legs. They took a, they took a spear and they shoved it in his sides and just to make sure he was totally dead. But think about the cross and all the blood that came down on that cross. And as it came down, it, it might have caused a little river or a little stream to keep going. And what we have to understand is that blood, that atonement that he had for us, covered all of our transgressions, all of our sins, all of the hatred that we have. God covered it with his blood. The Lord's love and forgiveness are infinite and complete. Let's say that together. Let's all read it together. The Lord's love and forgiveness are infinite and complete. In the class that I teach in my homeroom, it's, I get sixth graders and I enjoy that class. And there's, there's still innocent enough in middle school that I can... I can talk to them about Jesus in homeroom and the, and the Christian school that I teach at. And the beginning of the year, I asked them to put their hands over their eyes and to raise their hand. And the question I asked is, how many of you have Jesus in your heart? I probably had a hand few of the 18 kids raise their hands. And so my prayer was, God, before the end of this year, 18 of these children would have forgiveness from you and their lives would be complete in you. We have 20 school days and I can honestly tell you that all 18 have said they are followers of Christ. 
That, that's not from me. That's from seeking the Lord. That's being a humble person who wants to seek the Lord. Who do you want to see in your job? Who do you want to see in your family? Who do you want to see in the places that you go? Come to know the saving grace of Jesus Christ. The Lord's love and forgiveness are infinite and complete. Are we going to still screw up and sin? We sure are, but we know this. We can go back to the Lord Jesus Christ and ask for forgiveness, and he's going to take those sins, and he's going to throw them away, and he's never going to hold them over us. Like we like to hold over people today. We like to say, yeah, I forgive you, but five minutes later something occurs, right? Do you remember what you just did? Jesus doesn't do that. The Lord doesn't do that. What a parent God is. There's some kids that, that I know that I've worked with in the past who didn't have fathers. And then I heard yesterday a story of Dr. Charles Stanley. Dr. Charles Stanley lost his father when he was nine years old. His mother then married a man which became his stepdad. And his stepdad was a very abusive man. So much so, by the time Dr. Stanley had almost graduated high school, was getting ready to go to college, and he was a believer, this man had grabbed his mom by the throat and put her up against the wall. And Dr. Stanley said this, when I saw that and I saw what was taking place, I immediately ran over to that man and I threw him off my mom and I looked at him and said, if you ever do that again, I'll kill you. Dr. Stanley went to college, had been a pastor for about 20 years. And as he was preparing a sermon at his big church in Atlanta, he was getting ready to talk on the forgiveness of sins. And as he's preparing, he said, I heard the Lord say, do you really forgive your stepdad? And he said, it just hit me. He said, I got my wife, we got in the car, and we drove to see my parents. And we were talking with my mom and my stepdad, my wife and I, and he goes, as I was hearing what was taking place, as in our conversation, he goes to his stepdad, he goes, I, I really need to talk to you. And his stepdad said, okay, what is it? How, how can I help you? He goes, I need you to forgive me for the hostile feelings I have had for you for many years. Instantly, his stepdad stood up, tears coming down his face, grabbed a hold of Charles Stanley and said, you don't have to ask for forgiveness, but I forgive you. And as he embraced Dr. Stanley, he said, please forgive me for everything I did to you growing up. And there was an embrace, and there was forgiveness, and there was the ability to move on, and a life-changing event took place. And Dr. Stanley goes on to say some other things, and he basically said this, had I not experienced the forgiveness of, or the ability to forgive my father, I don't think I could have preached on forgiveness. I don't think I could have 
forgiven people who hurt me later in my life had I not experienced and gone through that. But what we have to understand is that is a great example of a life-changing event that comes through the power of Jesus Christ when we turn our heart and life to him. He forgives us, he embraces us, he loves us, and he does something so spectacular in our lives. Isaiah 44, 22 says this, I have swept away your sins like a cloud. I have scattered your offenses like the morning mist. Oh, return to me, for I have paid the price to set you free. You see, Jesus Christ has paid the price. As I was sitting this morning and we were having prayer and going over what was going to take place in the service, a song came to me, a hymn came to me, and so I grabbed the hymn out of the closet in there, and I I just want to read it to you. We all have sung it. If you haven't sung it, that's okay. Just listen. I'll only read the first verse, but the refrain, the chorus is so special. The title of the hymn is Jesus Paid It All. I hear the Savior say, Thy strength indeed is small. Child of weakness, watch and pray. Find in me thine all in all. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. Jesus paid it all. Jesus paid it all. The Lord promised to forgive Israel's sin. Not only did the Lord promise to forgive Israel's sin, the Lord promised to forgive our sins. All we have to do is go to him, seek him, and ask for the forgiveness of the sins. We could stray away from the Lord, but we can always come back to him. The question is, are we willing to do that? Are we willing to let Jesus continue to pay for it all in our life? In Isaiah 55, 7, it says, Let the wicked change their ways and banish the very thought of doing wrong. Let them turn to the Lord that he may have mercy on them. Yes, turn to our God, for he will forgive generously. The repentant offender has nothing to offer God. Did you hear what I just said? The repentant offender has nothing to offer God. He needs God's favor He needs his mercy, he needs his forgiveness, and he needs his blessing before he, and let me change that to he and she, can experience renewal and restoration. We cannot have anything unless we have God. We need him in our lives in every aspect. We need him on our daily walk. We need him when we get up in the morning to the time we go to bed and in our dreams at night. We need him when we're sick in the hospital. We need him when we're dealing with a loss of a loved one. We need him all the time. It's all about Jesus and his saving grace. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you guys to understand something. We can get excited about so many things. But I think we miss the mark when we get excited about what Jesus can do in our lives. Not only does he forgive, but he heals. He heals in ways that we just don't understand. As you guys were were singing the last two songs, 
I, I was sitting down and praying, but I also had to sit down because my knee was just killing me. And so I was sitting down and praying that the Lord would use me, but I was also praying that my knee would quit hurting because I knew I was going to have to stand up here for a little bit. So we seek the healing of God physically. We seek the healing of God spiritually, mentally, and emotionally in our lives. And we can call on Him and seek that restoration in so many ways. Are we willing to do that? Are we accepting of that? In Acts 3.19, it says, Now repent of your sins and turn to God, so that your sins may be wiped away. Repent of your sins. I've told this many times as I've spoken, but I remember leaving this church, making my mom leave this church on a good Friday in 1984, taking me home because I had a terrible stomachache. My dad was a part of the Good Friday service with all the pastors of the Christian Mission Alliance here, and I made her leave, and we got home. And when I got to that part where I had said, now forgive me of my sins as I was praying that sinner's prayer, it took me three times before I could get through it. Maybe I was holding on to not wanting to follow Jesus Christ. Or maybe I was scared because I just didn't want to let go because I didn't know how to let go because if I did let go, God would take away all of those sins. Turn to God. Turn to Him. Take this opportunity in your life everywhere, each of you, student, child, and adult, wherever you go, turn and share the love of Jesus Christ to those around you. What do you have to lose? We don't have anything to lose. You know, as I heard that story of Dr. Stanley, he went on to say that some other things took place, and, and as he was in a meeting getting ready to be asked to become the senior pastor of the church in Atlanta, one of the gentlemen and the, the deacons was very angry and made it very clear to him he was pretty angry. And as Dr. Stanley stood up, to acknowledge him and talk to him, this gentleman in this board meeting walked up to him, yelling at him, and just took a swing and knocked Dr. Stanley in the mouth and split his lip open. One of the head deacons was sitting with Andy Stanley, and Andy was probably about 16 years old, and any young son who loves his father jumped up, and the head deacon grabbed Andy and said, sit down. The Lord's got this. You don't need to deal with it. Dr. Stanley's lip was bleeding. He took his handkerchief out and just patted it. And he smiled at the gentleman. He goes, in my mind, he goes, I wanted to take my left hand and give him a left hook as quick as I could, but I didn't. The Lord stopped me. He said a few weeks later, he ran into this gentleman. And he just looked at the man and he smiled and he said, you know, I, I want us to have a good relationship. I don't want to have any animosity. The man still didn't have much to say to him. Years went by, and eventually they were able to reconcile and fix that relationship. But see, that's how when hatred occurs, 
and we let the devil come in and take control, then our emotions get into play and then we get physical and we don't let Jesus Christ do what needs to be done. That's how churches are split. That's how the body of Christ is embarrassed when we, the believer, let sin creep in and let us make fools of Jesus Christ. We can't do that. We have to stop and let Jesus take control. Forgiveness of sin is foundational to the good news of redemption. Forgiveness of sin is foundational. If we want the good news of Jesus Christ to be spread across the world, we have to understand that we have to forgive and we have to move forward. And we have to forgive those who hurt us and do something terrible to us. There was a gentleman down in Tampa who had a gangrene in his right foot. He was in the hospital. This happened about 15 or 20 years ago, and I happened to be watching the news. <laughs> they took him into surgery. I'm sorry, please don't take offense. I kind of chuckled at this, but in essence, it's funny, but really it's not. They took him into surgery. When they took him into surgery, they actually cut off the wrong foot, and when he woke up, his foot with gangrene was still on it. Well, you just can't go back into surgery and put the foot back on. It was disposed of. There was a lot of things that took place from that, but I remember hearing somebody on the newscast go, how could you forgive that? The right, the foot that shouldn't have been amputated was amputated, and the foot that should have been amputated was left there. I don't know what happened. I know there was a large settlement, but no amount of money can give us forgiveness. No amount of money can take away our sins. No amount of money can help in a situation like that. But I tell you what, a large amount of money can do, and that's share the good news of Jesus Christ. When you have the availability to give above and beyond your tithes and offerings in any type of a mission that shares the love of Jesus Christ, <laughs> that's awesome. In 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19, it says this, For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. And ransom he paid was not mere gold or silver. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. A ransom is paid for the release of captives. And the Passover Lamb must be without defect. Christ who fulfills was without defect or sin. Many times we hear of things that have taken place when Somebody is kidnapped or hostages are taken and we have to pay, to pay for their ransom. And a lot of times ransom isn't paid and things take place and they get the hostages out or whatever it might be. Or our ransom is paid and then we don't ever hear from that particular person. But the ransom that is paid was paid through the blood of Jesus Christ. The ransom that he paid for our sins was marvelous. Just like the song was sung earlier. Oh, how marvelous. 
Oh, how marvelous it is that Jesus died on the cross for us. How many of you agree to that? How marvelous it is that Jesus Christ died on the cross for us. Say amen if you believe that. You know, the Christian Missionary Alliance represents something special. And as John Soper, the former vice president, said, we may not have this grand theology, but we have this. Jesus Christ is our sanctifier, our savior, our healer, and our coming king. We don't have to have this deep theology. We just need something simple. He's our savior, he's our sanctifier, he's our healer, and he's our coming king. And if you believe that Jesus Christ is your savior, that you have asked him to come into your heart and life and change you, then you have the assurance that he and you and your loved ones who have made that decision will be in eternity in heaven with him for the rest of eternity. But he's also our sanctifier. And he's also our healer. And as Dr. Sam Farrell said, who was one of my mentors for many years, he made this comment. He said, Andrew, what's your theology? I was a young pastor. I just kind of looked at him and said, I don't know. Should I have a special theology? He goes, yeah. He goes, you know, Jesus Christ is our Savior, Sanctifier, Healer, and Coming King, but let me simplify it for you. I said, okay. Simplify it, Dr. Farrell. He goes, it's just like this. Andrew, we're going to lunch. And we're going to eat. But you don't know if that server that you're talking to knows Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Because tomorrow could be the day that Jesus returns. And so you only have 18 hours, 12 hours left to tell as many people about Jesus Christ so they can get their selves right before there is an eternity either in hell or there is an eternity either in heaven. So what's your theology? Are you preparing that Jesus is coming tomorrow? Are you preparing that he's coming in years from now? My theology is this. He's coming really soon. I don't know when, but I tell you what, I think we need to get ourselves motivated and get moving because Jesus could come in any moment. He's going to come in the blink of an eye. And if we got motivated and we got excited that Jesus Christ is coming, you're not going to let a single person that you walk by in the park, in the grocery store, in your job, driving down the road, go by without telling them that Jesus Christ it could be their Lord and Savior, could save them from all of their sins so they could have an eternity in heaven. Listen. I'm kind of holding back today because I really wanted to get a little more excited. This past Friday, this week I have spoken three times. And so I'm going to get a little excited. Uh. 
willing to take up that cross? Are you willing to take up that cross for Jesus Christ every moment of every day from the time you get up to the time you go to bed? Are you willing to get excited for Jesus Christ? Because if we don't get excited for Jesus Christ, pick up our cross. Then what's the point of being a Christian? Joseph in the Bible was sold into slavery when he was 17 years old. He was Potiphar's helper, thrown in jail. He was the head of the jail, told something to the king. The king put him as the prime minister when he was 30. 13 years, he went through heartache, but he always picked up his cross. Thirty-nine years old, his brothers who sold him into slavery come walking in. He looks at them. He knows who they are. Joseph's probably bald like me. Several servants around him. Pretty much says this verse in Genesis 50, 20. He basically said, you know, God let me go through all of this because I had the ability to not only save many lives, but to save you. It's no different than what Jesus did on the cross for us. He let me go through this life. He let me get beat. He let me get tormented. He let all these things happen to me. But if I... Jesus Christ didn't go through that. And I'm not Jesus Christ. I'm just telling you, if Jesus Christ didn't go through that, he would have not been able to sit, to die on the cross to take all of our sins away. Take up your cross. As I built a cross for this chapel this week, I was so excited. I didn't know what I was going to do. And I remembered I had some four by fours and I went outside nine o'clock at night. I ran to Walmart, bought a bunch of stuff. And I was like, I'm going to get this done. I built a cross. Christmas tree stand, put the cross down in it, bolted it in, and as I stood up, the cross moved, and it fell two by four by fours, one eight foot long, one six foot long, and that sucker fell on my head and just cut me, and I wanted to yell so loud, but then I thought, you know what? Jesus had that cross fall on him. Jesus picked that cross up. Jesus got nailed to that cross. Why am I going to scream and holler when I can proclaim the name of Jesus when that cross fell on me? Proclaim the name of Jesus Christ daily. Pick up your cross daily. And when it's too hard to keep going with that cross, ask the Father above for the strength to get motivated to get through it through the power of the Holy Spirit. So my challenge to you all today, sin can be conquered. Are you willing to let sin be conquered? Are you willing to let sin be conquered in your life? As the worship team comes up, are you all in this room willing to let sin be conquered in your life through the power of the Lord, through the power of the Holy Spirit?
if you're not willing to let sin be conquered in your life, that's between you and God. But if you're willing to let sin be conquered in your life, and you want to see things happen in your life that are going to be life-changing, it's going to be life-changing in a way that you're going to have to pick up that cross. It's going to be the hardest thing you've ever done. It's going to be harder than picking up a thousand pounds because you aren't a super heavy lifter. It's going to be the hardest thing you've ever done. But through the power of Jesus Christ, with the indwelling hope of the Holy Spirit, you can pick up that cross, hold that cross, and when it's hard, you can get through it. And whatever baggage you're holding on to, ask the Lord to take it and say, get behind me because I press towards the mark of serving a risen Savior who isn't dead. Sin will not hold on to me and take me down because I know that my Jesus will forgive me of my sins and every time I sin, I can seek his forgiveness. How many of you believe that the power of Jesus can change lives? Let's stand as we sing this morning.